Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. Today is Monday, December 9th, and glad to have you with us. Our topic is on three industry predictions that that I think are likely to occur in the next uh, six months to the next couple years or so, uh, depending on when certain sports rights, uh, in terms of broadcast rights, um, come up in terms of the negotiation windows. So, the three topics, and then we'll, um, you know, we'll we'll break these down a little bit further as we get into the get into the show here. But you know, the first is is that we're likely to see select Major League Baseball games streaming on Amazon Prime. The second is that NFL games will likely be streaming more on different platforms and that those deals, particularly those broadcast deals, will be more team-focused versus the national sort of focus that we've seen where you have, you know, essentially three games a week that you can see, at least on Sunday, you know, you get the Fox game, the CBS game, the NBC night game. And of course, you know, you generally have the uh, Thursday night football and, of course, the Monday night football uh, with some you know variations in between throughout the season uh, with a couple Saturday games, whatever it might be. But generally, that's the case, and those games are usually um, on a national network except for Thursday night football, which is uh, obviously with Amazon. So that's the second piece. And then the third piece is that Amazon continuing to be in a position to uh, dominate in multiple spaces. So as we break this down, uh, let's start with the first one and looking at sort of, you know, sort of why I think that select Major League Baseball games will be streaming on Amazon Prime. So there's a couple things going on here, right? There was four recent news articles that um, essentially brought to mind these trends or predictions rather that will likely to occur in the next coming months and years. And then, of course, as we talked about um, you know, with Amazon, Major League Baseball, and the National Football League. And the first two articles sort of working backwards was uh, with Amazon. There was one that talked about Amazon uh, for the first time in its history and the first time in Premier League history in terms of uh, English Football League. Uh, Amazon had broadcast uh, or streamed rather uh, some football games over there, some soccer games, so to speak. And that also that Amazon was entering into a deal with Fox to help distribute uh, some of their sports content and, you know, specific with their streaming platform and with some of the other Fox bet stuff that they have. So that's another interesting avenue there that, you know, again, we'll get into. And then the sort of third and fourth articles, one was with Major League Baseball, and it talked about how Commissioner Manfred had recently announced that Major League Baseball franchises would be able to sell streaming rights uh, to their uh, to their games, which is something that has never happened before. Generally, the streaming rights were limited to national games that Major League Baseball reserved. So you might see it on Facebook or whatever it might be, or some other platform, YouTube or whatever. And then, of course, National Football League recently got sued, and this was the fourth article. And they're getting sued for essentially um, – anti-competitive activity in that 
a lot of these teams and some of these local markets would like to broadcast the games, but of course they're being blacked out from certain things because, you know, ultimately the league wants to control uh, what games are shown and how that's going to play out. So starting with the first, you know, select major league baseball game streaming on Amazon prime. You know, as we mentioned, uh, Rob Manfred, the commissioner of major league baseball coming out and saying that franchises will not be able to sell their copyrighted television broadcasts for st- streaming purposes. So again, normally broadcasts are produced and sold nationally or through a regional sports network, meaning that, as we talked about, blackouts uh, are likely for local fans. This is where, like, you know, maybe you want to watch the Dallas Cowboys game, but you end up getting the Seahawks game or the Chargers game, you know, just because of where you're located, right? Depending on who you're a fan of and, you know, where your uh, interests lie or loyalties lie. Now, so what, what's what's sort of happening, now this is obviously in the baseball context, this is sort of like where you see like a national game being shown or whatever. Now, baseball has always had, historically speaking, they took the model of allowing the individual teams to negotiate broadcast contracts, but streaming rights were not included in that. So, for example, the Dodgers have an $8 billion uh, 25-year deal with Spectrum. Now... What that's saying is, is now these teams can go out and sell streaming rights. So does this mean that Dodger fans will now be able to um, you know, watch Dodger games because they've been limited based on the Spectrum model and that other satellite and cable companies do not want to purchase the channel because it's too expensive or for anti-competitive reasons, whatever you might call it. But ultimately, Dodger fans in this particular example have been held out from watching games. Uh, famously, the last couple seasons of the Dodgers with Vince Scully behind the microphone announcing games. You know, a lot of folks in in, in Los Angeles did not get to listen to him uh, because of uh, the television deal that was brokered and the terms and conditions of it. So, this could open up a lot of different opportunities for teams, open up uh, more revenue streams, and of course, it allows uh, more games to be shown. And at least under the current streaming model. With streamers, I mean, you could have basically all five, six available streamers that there are out there and still pay less than cable or satellite and by far. So, and and potentially have more or better content and easier to find content. So, uh, and of course, a lot of the stuff is out without commercials. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out and what teams do. Again, this is probably going to be in bite-sized chunks because you're going to have to wait for the existing television deals to expire. You know, um, you know, there might be other streaming deals that Major League Baseball is secured or whatever it might be. But again, this is good news. It's good news for Major League Baseball teams. It's good news for Major League Baseball fans. So we will see, um, you know, how that plays out. So that was the first one. So time will tell on that one. NFL games streaming with team-focused agreements. What we're really talking about here is that, you know, in sort of comparison to Major League Baseball, the NFL has taken the more national approach. There was a great book um, called uh, called Bottom of the Ninth by an author of, I can't remember his first name, but last name Shapiro. And it was all about the development of the National Football League with um, and the sort of development of Major League Baseball in the 1960s and how Branch Rickey, the former Dodgers executive and Cardinals and Pirates executive had taken the approach of 
wanting to expand Major League Baseball, and he was you know influential in getting the Mets and getting the what used to be the uh, Houston Colts, now the uh, or the Houston uh, Colt Forty Fives, and now the Houston Astros, and other teams really expanding, and even in, got the uh, Los Angeles Angels, sort of these new teams expanding, and Branch Rickey had this idea of the Major League ba- that Major League Baseball should take the approach of a national game. And Major League Baseball did not take that approach. They took the more regional approach of no teams are regional. You know, teams need to have their own contracts for broadcast reasons. And NFL took the opposite approach. They said, no, we want a national game and we want, you know, our teams to be more nationally recognized and we want national contracts. So in some sense, it's almost looking at it like um, you'd say like federalism versus states' rights. You know, the Major League Baseball took more of the states' rights approach and NFL took more of the federalism approach, more like a central government, right? Which is kind of typical of the NFL, protect the shield and all that. So uh, that being said, um, the NFL has now gotten sued in federal court for anti-competitive activity over its broadcast strategy, namely the national versus local limitations on games being sold. Now, this is similar to the Chicago Bulls and National Basketball Association case in the 1990s, where the Bulls sued the NBA trying to allow itself to sell more games locally. And this case basically ended in the Bulls' favor. They won and allowed them to sell more basketball games as they saw fit. And this ultimately opened up the opportunity for them to sell each individual team to sell uh, broadcast rights, um, you know, based on their copyrighted broadcast. So uh, it was a game changer. And of course, I don't see the Supreme Court changing course on this. You know, you never know with this stuff, but at least some of the stuff that's been put out in the press so far seems that the NFL is going to have a hard time making its case. So we're likely to see more NFL teams take the MLB approach in terms of uh, being able to sell more to their uh, local fans and to be able to stream more games and that sort of stuff, which I think is great because at the end of the day, you want more fans, you want more eyeballs, right? And you want to give fans what they want. Fans pay for something, you know, they show up to games or show the loyalty, you want to give it back and you want to be able to have them have access to these things. So now famously, the Sports Broadcast Act of 1961 uh, allowed American professional sports leagues to have an antitrust exemption, meaning they could sell their broadcast rights exclusively and not run into any anti-competitive activity. Now that's still in play, uh, but there's been some case law since then that sort of put some cracks into that, particularly the 1990, I think 1992 case with the Chicago Bulls and the NBA. So, you know, I, I definitely think that there's a, there's a strong chance here that the NFL is going to be, uh, is going to lose the case and that, you know, NFL teams are going to, be able to have more team-focused broadcast agreements. So in some sense, we're likely to, more likely to see vertical deals between franchises and distributors versus horizontal deals between the league office and a distributor, where the league office controls all rights for all teams. And this is where uh, Amazon, I think, could be a huge player, as with Major League Baseball, and um, and along with, uh, with DAZN, D-A-Z-N, I think we're definitely going to see, of course, ESPN and the other groups will be involved in this too, but uh, Amazon has definitely shown an appetite for this, for both Major League Baseball and NFL content. And I think ultimately Amazon was just waiting for for Major League Baseball's negotiation window to open up and 
with these new streaming rights being available, I think that's going to happen. Then the third piece is looking at Amazon as uh, being in a prime position, pardon the pun, uh, to dominate in multiple spaces. Now, it's sort of interesting. Have you ever looked at the logo for Amazon? You notice the smiley face under the A to the Z. And it's sort of it's a it's a sort of double meaning. One is that Amazon provides everything from A to Z in terms of everything in the alphabet, you know, um, from apples to zoos, so to speak. But it's also a thing to where it shows a smiley face, so it's supposed to make people smile when um, you know, ultimately when they look at the logo. So or to make it more inviting anyway. Um I read that on a, a marketing article at some point in the past. But the point here is that Amazon is so well positioned in the marketplace because it's diversified. Meaning that, you know, of course it's got its e-commerce platform dominance, right? You know, all the things that go on on the Prime the, with the Prime membership. But now it also has award-winning television shows. And when Amazon started it, it probably had no idea that it wanted to get into developing original content on the entertainment side and or stream sports content, but here they are. And then, of course, they have great transportation to deliver goods, and they have their own sort of delivery system that they use. And, of course, they obviously use the U.S. Postal Service as well. And then uh, they also have a platform that distributes everybody else's content uh, for a significant price from what I from what I hear. Um, and it's because they have a large customer base and prime subscribers. So the Netflixes and the Apple Pluses and all these other folks will go to Amazon and say, hey, let's put your app on you know fire stick like a roku or whatever it might be and let's have it on there so we can reach more customers so again in four different areas at least there amazon is in a prime position uh, and already dominating in the space um, and then of course the one of the recent articles was that uh, or you know I, I guess one of the two recent articles uh, one was that amazon uh, is a major player now in delivering web-based services. And they just brokered that deal with Fox, and Fox is going to be using Amazon Web Services to uh, distribute its content. Amazon also going to be developing a local zone in Los Angeles, be the first of its kind, offering faster um, delivery of applications and internet speed, essentially. Now, Amazon's not an internet provider, but they can provide a local market to sort of enhance that experience. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how Amazon's strength in the future of entertainment, media, and sports with content distribution will go with this sort of local zone and how that plays out. And sort of lastly, Amazon's already exercised a appetite for buying sports broadcast rights. You know, you know, again, Thursday night football games, I definitely think this is going to expand into more NFL games and more Major League Baseball games as uh, Major League Baseball's agreements expire and those negotiation windows open up uh, specifically for streaming rights and then also for NFL games as the teams uh, get access to more team-focused agreements through that litigation, assuming that the litigation ends in favor of, of giving the NFL teams more uh, access to uh, sell their broadcast to copyrighted rights. So all in all... We got three industry predictions there. Major League Baseball looking to appear on uh, more streamers, particularly Amazon. NFL game streaming with um, more team-focused agreements, and of course that could include some local cable stuff as well. But ultimately, that I think the result there will be that the teams will have more control. 
And then lastly, that Amazon just continuing to be in a, a, a prime place to uh, dominate the space, uh, particularly in delivering um, uh, web services and obviously it's e-commerce e platform, uh, award-winning television shows, um, transportation of goods, and of course, maybe most importantly, the ability to distribute everybody else's content. They have the platform that has significant subscribers. And of course, people can't go to Netflix to do it. Netflix is a closed platform in the sense that they don't have other apps on there. It's just Netflix. So that's it for this week, folks. Uh, again, today was December, Monday 9th, and look forward to be with you back next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.